welcome to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines, changing the conversation around divorce. This show is sponsored by Penguin in the Room. Penguin in the Room is an award-winning arts, marketing and social media management company. If you want to jazz up your socials and have someone Instagram and tweet for you, then here's your answer. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com. As always, hit subscribe to make sure you're updated about new episodes. And we love to hear from you on social media at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. You can also email us all the infos on our website, thedivorcesocial.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Divorce Social New Year's Eve special. I am joined by the brilliant Helen Thorne and the marvellous Kerry Howard. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Uh, Kerry is currently wearing a faux fur jacket, which I'm absolutely loving. For it looks very sumptuous. And Helen Thorne is smoking out of her kitchen window. This is what you do at a New Year's Eve party, because it's too cold. Exactly. No one wants to go outside. You fag out the kitchen window and pretend none of the smell is actually coming into the kitchen. You're child-free, is that right? So that's why you're enjoying the smoking outside the kitchen window. Yeah, that's right. And then I'll put the the kitchen exhaust on after the podcast and light four candles and (laughs) nobody knows any different. Ideal. Well, I am going to, in honour of New Year's, I'm going to open my Prosecco. Ladies, you may yes. join me. If we, Should we see if I am not good at opening bottles? This is one thing I miss about my ex-husband. I made him open all the bottles. Yeah, but these are lovely little screw top ones. Oh, it's a screw top. Yeah. This is a, this is a, a divorcee's dream. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> You've even got a glass glass. I've got a plastic glass because I break no, them. I'm the only non-parent here and I've got a plastic glass. I can I can join you in the... I've got a fancy plastic one, which I have, for, you know, for nights where I know I'm going to get a bit wobbly. So I, I, I'll i join you in the plastic wine glass. <laughs> Thank you. you Thank you for your solidarity. For me, last year was the first time I had my own place. So, and like when I moved in with my ex, everything was hand-me-downs or, you know... nothing was brand new and so I just indulged myself I had like Soho house credits and so I bought a shitload of glassware which I would never have spent that amount of money but it was like free money like you is either going to go on food or or glassware so I bought myself some really nice 
crystal glass. And I feel very grown up I every love time it. I, I drink. Yeah. But terrified whenever my kids are around. I'm like, go, get away from me. That's fu- Sorry, that's my dog trying to dig into a carpet in the background. Um, my, if you can hear scratching, that's <laughs> not me trying to get out. Yes. Yeah, so since I last talked to you, Sam, I got a dog. Bella. Yeah, and I got a dog too. Yeah. Cause we both got yeah. dogs after our chat. Yes. And and Helen, you have four million cats. And they're really fat. I, it turns out you shouldn't keep feeding them when they scratch. You know, they go, Meow, and I'm like, oh, you're hungry. And I keep <laughs> feeding them. But I live on a cul-de-sac, right, and everyone else has got cats and I'm on tour all the time, so I'll go away for two nights a week and I keep going, fuck, I've got cats. And so I'll text the WhatsApp group on my cul-de-sac and I said, oh, can you feed the cats? And at number 10 they said, oh, well, Fozzie's just been here and eaten Molly the cat's food. And then number eight came in and said, oh, well, Fozzie's just been here and eaten Marmalade's food. And I was like, no wonder they're so fucking fat. So they're just <laughs> eating food around the neighbourhood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I live on a hippie cul-de-sac in southeast London and it's absolutely, it's absolutely marvellous. And the big, my big news for New Year's Eve is that I'm buying my house. Um, so I'm just about to hand over a big wadge of cash to my ex to buy him out. Yay. And so that's my, that's that's how I'm starting the new year as owning my own house. Congrats. Thank you very much. I actually started January this year in doing that. And it's such a lovely feeling, isn't it? Yeah, this is it. And I'm not very good at interiors at all or anything, but I just thought, look, I'm just going to do one room at a time and so I just it's such a that's so that's kind of like my new year's sort of wish resolution is this to make the house completely mine because even though I have you know cushion covers and you do all those things don't you when you first get divorced and buy a nice new rug you know a lot of la redoute in my house <laughs> you made it sound very fancy in French la redoute Oh. Primane, la redoute. I bought I bought things like ridiculous. Can you see that? A, a ridiculous like blue vase. Oh, yeah, bulbous. Uh, just because I thought, oh yeah. Put the one rose because you can't get a bouquet in there. No, <laughs> no, it's too bold. It is you know, like a sunflower. That's I love all it's it. good for. Or a fe- or, or an ostrich feather if you're from the 1980s. Oh, whoa. I have a vase with ostrich feathers in it. Well, that's the very 1980s. <laughs> I was born then, so it's on brand. Oh, you're, you're young. I've, you are, you're, you're super young, aren't you? Well, well, I was born in the 1980s. How old are you, Kerry Howard? I'm going to be 40 in March. <gasps> oh, this is see, this is a good New Year's thing. This is a big year to look forward That's to. Exciting. This is awesome. Turning 40 is the best. I'm really looking forward to turning 40. Actually, I feel like I was I was 45 years ago. <laughs> so I feel I'm ready. I'm ready for it. And um, I like shocking people because they they always like no, and it's but at some point in my life, my my face will catch up with my age, and my age won't surprise people, and that will be the sad day, I think, when people go, yeah, you look fifty five. <laughs> I'm the opposite. People always think I am older than I am. People are always like, so how old are you? Like, for, Normally, whoever I'm talking to will think that I'm their age. So they'll be like, yeah, so you're in your 40s, right? So I'm 35 next year. So, so in the after New Year's. Oh, exciting. Yes. I'm going to be 44. 44, that's so good. I, I would say, Sam, it's not about your appearance, is you have a very um, authoritative voice. You're measured. You hold yourself <laughs> with you. such class, and it just you've, you you're sophisticated. I think people think I'm younger because I'm genuinely immature. 
and like maybe she should be in the halfway house <laughs> like she's and you have beautiful skin look at this we're just all complimenting each other for new years this is so nice Aww. helen you are a wonder you write beautiful things in your book and you're so stylish and i love your instagram and all the dresses and cool outfits that you wear many thank yous and i like having sex with very uh, much younger men, and I find that that helps uh, with my with my age issues. <laughs> Another do you top do tip: world swimming, Helen. No, no, I I do running and and weightlifting. That's my that's my thing. So, uh, yes, in twenty twenty one, I ran I ran the marathon, and I do a lot of yoga, and I and they're they're my they're my things. I'm like, if I don't do yoga or run or or lift some heavy shit, then that's that. I think that's been my savior for divorce and and feeling amazing, and and this this year in twenty twenty one I lost fifteen kilos, and and that that wasn't even a that wasn't even an aim, but I just I just made choices in which I was like and, and I, I lost the weight really slowly and I haven't put it back on, and it was never a weight loss thing, but also I just I feel really good. But it's interesting having a social media account called. Helen wears a size eighteen. You don't wear a size eighteen. No, I don't anymore. But but also I've kept the Instagram handle and and but but I'm starting to get some negative comments like you're leaving us behind. You're not who you said you were. And I I, I find those negative comments about when you start to change after you've become divorced or you you look better or you feel better. Then there's 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 something about that. I I don't know what that is. And that like some people are with you. Some people are like own it sister you know you're great and you know you're glowing and all that sort of stuff and then other people are like why do you have to change yourself and it's like well no I'm evolving and it's not like I said now that I'm divorced I have to be two dress sizes small or, or, or all that sort of stuff and it was never intentional but I'm just making choices that are good for me and I think people take a personal attack don't they and it's like no 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 it's not about you it's my journey it's always about mental health yeah like if I didn't run and do weights I would be on the floor because I'm not having sex. Like my auntie was like, oh, Carrie, you've got to stop running. All you're doing is running. She's running. Too, she's running too much. And I'm like, Sue, I don't have sex. This is how I get my happy hormones. Like <laughs> this is, you know, this is the cleanest. Yeah, like, yeah, they're the endorphins. Way. Yeah, to get my endorphins going. And I feel great after a run. And maybe if I was getting fucked every day, I wouldn't be running as much. But it's, it's the easiest way I can do that. Well, just to, just to offer the other side of things, I've put on weight since my divorce and during lockdown and I've never been happier. Yes, exactly. I I swim and walk the dog and I try to do yoga but I haven't for a long time. But I feel much less worried about what I look like uh, body size. You look fucking wise. sexy, Sam. Yeah, I got my nose pierced like I yeah. I feel like I'm a much I'm in a much healthier mental health body image place since I got divorced. It's all about that. It's getting those chemicals out and feeling good. Like it doesn't matter what you look like. If you're not getting those chemicals, you can be the skinniest person in the room and just want to go kill yourself. You genuinely need to activate those those hormones. It's so important, especially as we get older, because our hormones deplete. And it's just one of those things like Davina McCall is like my icon at the moment because, you know, she's bringing things like the peri menopause forward I had no idea that that existed and I'm like looking into my 40s going okay I need to mentally and physically prepare for that 
now we should have the conversation about what our future is going to be and how we can like maintain that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm going on a loop. I'm just going to drink some more. <laughs> she said two mouthfuls <laughs> prosecco. I, I loved it though. <laughs> that was a great little prosecco in influenced mental health tirade. I loved it. <laughs> it no, but it is. It is true. And and same. I'm a big fan of Davina because she's like brought it to attention. And actually, on the podcast Divorce Social, a number of my guests have talked about the menopause. And even someone said that their divorce brought on perimenopause. So it's something. I I've been thinking about and I went to my GP and said oh you know what are the symptoms like I want to be aware of this and um, the GP said well does early menopause run in your family and I realised like me and my mum are super close but I don't know like I've never asked her questions like that and I doubt she asked her mum questions like that so yeah all of this talking about stuff is so so important and I think you know, when you're on your own as well, it gives you the space to think, oh, I'm going to look after me and I'm going to concentrate on mm. me and the things that, you know, I might need to know moving forward. Well, we're going to be bringing a man in shortly. Um, so we it'll be interesting to get his ideas on kind of body confidence. Menopause. Menopause, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah. But also body confidence after you're single. Um, but I also just wanted to pick up on what we were talking about with kind of weight loss, because obviously Adele has yeah. been in the news a, a lot because she got divorced had a new album out but lost a lot of weight because I think she said Pilates she was really into and that just helped her get through the divorce and uh, I saw an interview with Rebel Wilson who's recently lost a lot of weight and she said I didn't know that the way to get noticed as a woman was just lose a lot of weight. I find it really interesting because after the breakup or divorce you're expected to kind of have this revenge body where you suddenly do all this work on yourself and it's so that you can you know the idea is so that you can show your ex what they're missing and I felt a lot of pressure on that because I didn't get the revenge body I went the other way and just was happy so I ate stuff and then I felt like people were looking at me like oh well she's not got a revenge body is she okay did you because you both work out did you feel the pressure of that or did other people call it that and were you annoyed I was really really thin and it wasn't a revenge body it was a nervous body it was a body in pain um so when I see there's pictures of me with the boys and my legs look like sticks and it makes me feel I didn't I remember at the time feeling fat <laughs> but I look at those pictures and I'm smiling but I just I look at the body and I think how did you manage you were running on nothing I was eating but I was burning up the nerves like the nervous energy oh so for me the revenge body wasn't a thing I just I was just trying to recover you know I've been separated since March last year and for the first year um I was just booze and fags and takeaway oh god sorry my son is trying to call me <laughs> sorry well it's a perfect time actually to bring in the brilliant Paul Roseby OBE welcome hello hello, hello everybody yeah they've not they've not stripped me of the OBE yet but give it another day or two and I might <laughs> send it back I love introducing you as OBE. It makes me <laughs> feel important that I have a OBE person. You know, that's the I've been drinking Prosecco. I can't put words together. An OBE <laughs> right. person on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you've gone legit. Finally, you've gone legit. No, thank you. It's just a title. Please, Neil, 
Please kneel, everybody. Always. Please. Um, I'm kneeling right <laughs> now. You just can't see my knees. Um, welcome. So we're here with Helen Thorne and Kerry Howard. And it was the perfect time to introduce you, Paul, because we're talking about revenge bodies after um, after a breakup. And, and in fact, I'm saying I didn't get a revenge body because I was happy and not anxious anymore. So I wasn't shitting everything out and I just started eating things. Um, but Kerry, uh, Kerry and Helen are, are very fit people and they do running and keep fit. But but it wasn't a revenge body. It was a way of, you know, mental health and coping. How do you feel? Do you feel like you've got a revenge body? Yeah, do you know what? It's so interesting. Actually, yes. And I didn't set out to have that because I thought, to be honest with you, I was okay while I was married, but clearly not. Um, I'm a lot fitter than I was in terms of my middle part. Uh, I don't mean the appendage. I mean my my waist. I've actually let me look. Let me just see. Let me just show you. I'm not showing off. I'm not doing I'm not doing abs. I haven't got six pack, but I've probably got two and a half, three. But I do this pack. I do this planking thing every morning. Yes, I said planking. Thank you. Planking, when you're divorced you're on your own, you can only plank. But literally, <laughs> it is seven minutes of planking in different positions. Yeah, it's about all I can muster. And I do 120 squats as well if I don't do my training out in the park with a with a PTA from, from the army. What's it called? You know that bit where... Oh yeah, that that, that's the sexy hip bit that you can see. Lines, can you see that? Oh yes, very nice. Paul, this is very exciting. (laughs) Oh, showing us your sexy hip bits. Because during lockdown, you didn't buy any clothes or anything. At the beginning of the autumn, I sort of went and thought, do you know what? I need a new pair of trousers, or possibly two. And I was sort of slightly tight in them, and and the shop assistant said. no, sorry, slightly loose. And he said, do you want to go down a size? I said, I'm telling you, this is as skinny as I'm going to be. <laughs> a month later, they are falling off me. So, wow. in, fact, in fact, so much so, I was a bit worried. I went to the doctor and said, what's wrong with me? He said, you're just fit. <laughs> Which is the first time somebody said that to me in years. What a lovely said, diagnosis. With my trousers on or off. Yeah. I know, you're just fit. fit. just fit. <laughs> I know. So, so actually, yes, I have to say it's turned into a bit of a, <laughs> uh, a, a revenge laugh forward slash fitter body. But I don't know really whether that actually, for people listening, whether that's really that important. I think, um, as somebody said to me the other day on text that I've been trying to get back together with, but failing abysmally, um, just said it's not about that. It's about, it's about the eyes and the attitude. Yes. So I've obviously got really crap eyes and an appalling attitude because it's still looking at me. But 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 it is that. But you're fit. Uh, but I'm fit. So you're really good. Never know it. Yeah. But thank you for asking and for getting me to, you know, <laughs> to show my bits. And Helen, you were going to talk about your running because you ran before you had your breakup, though, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So I I had started running and I had just very ever so slowly. And I, I, as an Australian, I was always kind of like meant to be sporty and I've played sport, lots of sports but I've I've always been a curvy girl and so my body didn't fit the type of athleticism that you know you know I wasn't a stick thin girl but I love my netball and football and things like that and then you know like lots of people heading into their 40s I thought I'll give running a go and um and then I was asked to do the marathon and I thought oh fuck it I'll give it a go that would not have been my response <laughs> I can just say you say that so casually if someone asked me to do the marathon oh, yeah. I'd be like oh no, 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 no. I feel like everyone has to do the marathon. Well, I've, you've, I've done the marathon. You've got to do it once in your lifetime. You have to. Absolutely not. It's brilliant. 
It's absolutely extraordinary. And I, I loved every minute of it this year. It was absolutely glorious. But, it, you know, you ha- there's, there's something, you know, everyone's like, well, you can just put your shoes on and run. But for, for a lot of people who've had body confidence issues, it's not just about that. You've got to overcome lots of things. And, and often when I have, was running when I was a lot bigger, I still got like men going, all right, go on, keep running, you know, like getting abuse and things like that. And which you, as a woman, it's a horrible thing. And then that really puts you off. But I think doing strength training was one of the most revolutionary things that I got into, like lifting heavy weights and doing um, proper weight training and having a personal trainer was a really brilliant thing. And also I just remembered when I was in the, the depths of the shitty bit of the divorce, like doing some proper like punching and stuff like that was really medicinal um, as well. So, yeah, I think I think and it just gave me confidence, the fact that I thought I can set a task and then do it. And this body that's now, you know, 43 um, can can run 26 miles. And, and, and I think all those sort of bits of self-confidence lead on to other things they're not in isolation like when you when you feel fitter and you feel stronger then you make better choices about yourself and about how you live your life so um yeah I really I just I can't get by now without a run in the week and 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 doing something for myself and it makes me a better parent I I think just being fitter and active and and I don't want to be the sidelines mum I never wanted to be even though I'm terrible (laughs) a lot of sports but I just want to be involved in my children's life in every way I can you want to win in the sack race don't you that's what you want to do you want to be front line (laughs) sack race I I want to win in the sack yes but I I don't know about the sack it's all a race it's always a race (laughs) you're right you're right um well as i mentioned i'm the other side of this corn you're all talking about being like really healthy and like getting fit and and since your divorce and i've done the opposite but actually i've had anxiety for so long that i think i was i was never fit during uh my marriage or or even during like you know the run up to my marriage but i was so anxious for so long that i would just eat and then shit it out because i was so anxious or like it was like my body didn't even process it it was like in out in out so i feel like now i'm in such a better place mentally that my body's like oh we're going to take in the nutrients from that chocolate bar and no but like you know I am I'm I'm eating well I'm not eat, just eating crap but like my body's actually working now and that's meant that I've got bigger and I'm now the biggest I've ever been but I have to say I'm the happiest I've ever been and you know and I have a lovely dog now custard and so I do go for walks hour walks every day and I do go swimming so it's not that I'm not doing anything but I'm not forcing myself I think there was definitely a phase where I was like forcing myself to do yoga every day and I had to go swimming twice a week and it was because I wanted to lose weight whereas now yeah like Helen said I just want to feel stronger but I am bigger and actually in the bedroom men seem to love it they're like how big my bum is they love and you know and you know I've got a tummy and there's some stretch marks there but they're like you I've been told actually twice when I've been naked that I had an incredible body and that is never something I thought someone I thought that was you know what you say to people when they have like six packs and look like the Instagram people that we see and actually I think it's just because I'm confident. Like, yeah, I got a belly, but you're not going to be looking at my belly when we're doing other stuff. No, that's and it's also it's it is attitudinal. You're absolutely. But I've seen you on Insta, and you look amazing at the moment because you you ooze happiness, you ooze contentedness. So it is absolutely all in the face and the eyes. So uh, and also in the arse. 
and I'm sure your ass is fantastic. It's, and it's very we, good. We, we put these restrictions on ourselves all the time about what we think, how we think we should feel and look. And actually, it is in the eye of the beholder, is it not? And that is something very different. A hundred percent. I'm always shocked when someone's like, oh my God, you look really fit. Because I'm like, really? Because I have a low uh, self-esteem. I have low self-esteem. So and yeah. I think most people do, don't they? And unless you're a narcissist. <laughs> And you're looking at yourself going, I am fucking brilliant. Most people have a little bit of contempt for themselves. I think it's a very much a British thing. I don't know. Helen, is this? do you feel that it's a British thing? Absolutely. And I, I've got an interesting anecdote. I went to buy some makeup in Selfridges. And um, the first thing that the young lady said to me when I was buying the makeup was, tell me something you want to change about your face. And how I responded was, I said, nothing. I really love my face. And and she broke, she kind of broke. She just went, like she lost the power of speech. And because she was trained, she was trained to ask women what they hate about themselves in which to sell them products. And and the fact that I said, no, I really love my face, she didn't know how to respond at all. And I thought that was really really interesting because she's playing on the fact that people do are riddled with insecurities oh I hate my eyebrows or you know or, or I look too old I look too this and she didn't know what products to give me based on the fact that I liked myself and so I thought it was a really <laughs> and I, I didn't do it in a cunty way like I just said I actually think I look quite nice and I didn't think that was particularly revolutionary it's not a cunty by the way to say that you like your face uh, it's kind of cunty for her to ask you what you don't like about your face. It's a bit like, well, I can see a couple of things, but what yes. do, do you not like? Yeah, and that's, yeah, I, I thought that was quite interesting as a British thing because it was like, you know, she was probably going, right, I know that if, you know, Helen's a woman in her 40s, she's going to say, oh, my wrinkles, my this, my that. But I didn't. So I thought it was sort of a really interesting British kind of cultural thing to do that. Not that I would say that Australians are particularly arrogant or self-assured, but it was, it is that that apologetic thing that I have noticed within this, you know, I've lived here for nearly 16 years. Oh gosh, oh, oh this old dress. Oh, sorry, I look a mess. You know, that that's yeah. the thing. But I've taken five hours to look like that mess, but yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I just exactly, threw this together. Exactly. Did you? Did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's so apt that we're talking because I didn't expect this conversation to come up in the New Year's episode but I think it's so apt that we're talking about this because I think the holiday season is a time when there's you know lots of food and drink around and people might be worrying about you know dieting or, or body image and you're also like dressing up to go to Christmas parties or just take a Christmas photo for Instagram or whatever it is and and makeup and all of that and there is all this pressure of like what am I putting out to the world of like my happy newly seen single Christmas. So I think this discussion is really important about, you know, body mm. image and just being happy. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It's the ad break. So it's a perfect time to remind you to hit subscribe to be notified about more episodes. You can also leave us a lovely review because honestly, it makes a difference to the chart positions. And one time I was in the charts next to Michelle Obama and I was really thrilled about it. So it'd be nice to do that again. You can also join in the conversation on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at DivorcePod. We have a website thedivorcesocial.com and you can also join us for our like 90s style divorce chat room experience over on Patreon. So just go to patreon.com forward slash Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S and it starts at £2 a month and we all have lovely and awful and amazing chats. See you there. We've talked about Christmas in our previous episode being a difficult time. Do you think New Year's Eve is harder if you're single than Christmas or easier? Because I think it's harder. I think it's easier. I think it's harder. I mean, actually, I'm sort of, it's very interesting, isn't it? With all this pressure of happy families. And actually, when it gets to New Year, it's about happy couples. Who are you spending New Year's Eve with is the question, not where are you invariably. And I think because of that, there is that sort of weird peer pressure or social pressure. Um, are you having a great time? Um, and of course, most people admit that they don't have a great time at New Year, quite frankly, whether you're with somebody or not. It's always a bit of a letdown. Uh, and it really is. You've seen one firework, you've seen them all. And what else is there to do? You know, so every day it goes past midnight. I mean, just every day should be New Year. It is. It's a new day. So why are we putting so much pressure on ourselves the whole time to have the best fun on one night at the end of the year when it's invariably pissing down with rain and you've got some lukewarm beer and you feel crap? But it is. It is a pressure. And I go, oh, no, another new year where I'm not holding the hand of a new loved one, where I feel content, contained and um, socially acceptable. Hmm. And Kerry, why did you, you might have changed your mind now, but why did you think it was easier, first of all? I think it's easier because I don't buy into that fucking I have to go and have a party FOMO bullshit. I haven't for a long, long time. My ex was always like hungry, so thirsty for the New Year's Eve experience. And I know it ne- It doesn't fucking exist. It's not there. Um, for me, now I don't have that pressure of the other person going, it has to be great. Now, because I remember being in Australia and we were going to be on Sydney Harbour watching the fireworks. Wesley was only 18 months and every, my like Russell flew us all out and paid for everything. And I was just like, Do you know what? I want to stay in the hotel with my 18-month-year-old baby because he, it's late. It's the, the, the fireworks are too loud. It's too crowded. 
I'm not going to be happy. He's not going to be happy. I just want to be snugging up with him. My ex was enraged that I didn't want to spend time with him for New Year's Eve. And I was like, no, no, you go. You have fun with my family. Um, and he went and had fun. And But he just got really angry at me for not deciding to choose him over my son. Um, so, but for me, New Year's Eve is about gathering. I snug in because often enough I have the children and I write a big old list of all the things that I've achieved that year and I pat myself on my back and then I just write out projections of what I want to achieve and yeah I kind of like I look into the next year and I'm really excited. That sounds nice. Helen what do you think harder or easier? Oh, I think it's easier. Like last year I, I went and did it at a friend's house and we got a curry and I had my kids with me and we watched the, because I live in Forest Hill in southeast London, so we walked up the hill and watched the fireworks. And, yeah, I I um, I don't I don't feel that pressure. I think there's a different kind of, it's not like the snuggly family scenarios, all that sort of bullshit that you get fed for Christmas. And I'm really looking for, I don't have any plans and I'm quite happy about that actually. Um, and I'm just going to have my kids and I watch a bit of Jules Holland and <laughs> pretend that they actually recorded it on the night. That's the, I love that that's the lie in the UK. We all pretend that Lenny Henry and Craig Charles are going to get together on, on New Year's Eve and it's recorded in bloody July. But, um, yeah, so I, yeah, I, but I, I, I do love the start of the new year. And also for me, it's such lovely memories of growing up in Australia. It was hot and that's when I had my beach holidays with my family the last New Year's I had as a married woman, I actually spent with one of my best friends in Australia just with her and we went to her caravan and watched like the kangaroos and the <laughs> and and all the wildlife from this rural caravan and it was one of the nicest New Year's I've ever had um, just with a best mate. So I, I'm kind of hanging on to that. And it, it must have been a bit of a sign that things weren't great between us anyway because he went off with his best friend and I went off with my best friend and I didn't really want to spend it with him anyway. So. I've got such fond memories of that last um, New Year's before before I got divorced. But yeah, I, I like I like new beginnings. I like writing new lists. And like um, I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, I'm just about to buy my house. So this lovely three bedroom house is going to be mine. And 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 yeah, I like I like the feeling of hope. I, I'm I'm a really optimistic, glass half full kind of person. So um, it's nice sort of looking forward in that way. And yeah, I kind of get buoyed by that. And I you know. Of course, it'd be nice to have a shag at the end of it, but you know we're always too pissed and too tired and full of cheese. So it's not. Yeah, it's not gonna I be don't the best think I've anyway. ever had a shag on New Year's Eve night because it's always like. But I think no. I find New Year's Eve harder because for me it's always been like a romantic day. So I feel like when I was single, New Year's Eve was always about going out and trying to find someone to snog at midnight. Like that was always a thing, like me and my single girls, like we're just trying to find someone to snog. And then when I was with my ex, it was always about like getting cosy together with some champagne and like, how are we going to, what are we going to do next year? What are all of our plans? So for me, the like lack of romance is a big, thing I'm like oh my god what do I do on New Year's Eve if I don't snog someone at midnight like what and actually my saving grace at the moment is that my sister is also single so not that we're gonna snog at midnight because that'd be weird and Game of yeah, Thronesy but yeah. we're gonna you know we're gonna spend it together and and do something I don't even know what I'm gonna do yet but I know that I'm gonna be with her so I sort of feel calmer about it 
how early do you plan your New Year's when you're single compared to when you're um, in a relationship? Do you think that differs, Paul? Oh, gosh. Listen, it's really interesting. So in my old world of social and, you know, I'm, I'm lucky. I get invited to things a lot and I'm a problem child now because because invariably I get invited for weekends away to houses, people with much more money than me. And, uh, and, I'm, and because I'm single, that means they are a person short within the bedroom scenario. So actually, I'm a problem guest. Yeah. And we always used to, as a couple, and as sort of a, you know, a gay, kind of happy-go-lucky, great entertaining double act, um, we got invited everywhere. And we would stay and, you know, get immensely pissed of a night and then immensely pukey the next morning over brunch, which I always loathed. But it actually, it, that doesn't happen anymore. In fact, there are two friends of mine. I'm definitely off their list because I am a problem guest. There's only one of me and they have big beds big rooms i'm not feeling paul it. get new friends honestly i know well exactly <laughs> also stop doing the plank and then you'll fill it <laughs> oh there's a real dichotomy there isn't there um i'm failing on every front i really am um so so i so i think that's the issue you're right get new friends uh, which i have um and um, I don't know their names, but I've seen their dicks on, on app profiles. But, you know, it's like, which is also another issue that I want to eradicate next year. But it is interesting. You do realise that, you know, you become a problem guest if you're on your own in those certain scenarios. And, um, and no more. No more. Yeah. Celebrate the single. The holidays really bring that home, don't they? Because when you're in a couple, you get the nice spare bedroom with the big bed. But when it's just you on your own, you get like the child's bedroom with the single. Oh, yeah. You get the bunk bed or the sofa. Like you. The camp bed. Yeah. Like that bends in the middle and you're sleeping, kind of sitting up with your bum on the floor. And you're like, this is the worst. Um, Helen, are you planning your New Year's Eve further ahead now that you're single? Um, no, well, my children come back to me on New Year's Eve. So so I'll be just, I think after they've had a week with their dad, they'll just want me. So it'll probably just be pizza and and videos and, you know, skittles and, and, and all the sweets and things like that. So actually, I'm quite looking forward to it. And my current my current squeeze will be away. So and I won't be like pining for him. Ooh. What? How many how many how many apps are you on at the moment, Paul? How many how many have you got going? I've actually narrowed it down to one active one, which is called Scruff, which is what's known as a niche market. So I have some body hair. And once upon a time in the gay world, you could only ever be smooth and slightly pubescent, which used to really turn me No, no, thank you very much. No, 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 thank you very much at all. And it says so much about a certain section um, of our world that is more than inappropriate, so the least. So I'm delighted to embrace the inner and outer body hair, but it is also... A not just a dating app, but a sex app, which means that invariably you don't get words, you get pictures oh, straight yes. away. Yeah, and I just I, I think I touched on this last time, Sam, but you know it's still something that's very prevalent, and it, it's this incredible willingness to show every single part of your body before you've even bothered opening up the app. And you know I've I've got a penis, I know what they look like. I mean, mine's kind of all right. So it's a bit like. Tell me and show me something I don't know, you know, and it, it gets really tedious. It's really boring. It's honestly, dick pics are boring. Enough. I'm going to do a protest march about them down the mouth. It's like, I'm just imagining boring. you flicking through like a dick catalogue, just being like, I'm bored, <laughs> like at the hairdresser. Like, oh, yeah, do you have anything yeah, yeah. else? <laughs> anything I can read? Exactly. But it is exactly that. Actually, it's funny you should say that because, um, 
talking to some guys of my generation, um, which is 50 something, because you couldn't access any sort of male nudity or whatever, um, uh, we used to just always sneak up and see our mum's uh, catalogues of those kind of furniture, but also clothes catalogues. In the back, there used to be men in underwear so that, you know, wives traditionally in a very sexist environment um, would, of course, then buy their husband's underwear. Uh, and invariably, they were quite hairy bodies, actually, I seem to think. So I think my attraction to hairiness came from something called a John England catalogue. <laughs> so, so, and when I talk to guys about this, they go, exactly, I know exactly the page, you know, this yeah. overly fingered page. So surreptitiously looked at an afternoon when you're skiving off school. Uh, and that was our reference for any kind of male nudity other than our own. And and it's really interesting. Anyway, so now how it's moved on, is it's pretty crude and... And you get like anal shots, like really? Wow, mm. I've never had an anal shot. Haven't you? No, I haven't. I haven't had a bum hole. No, I've never had an. I've had a penis. I've had a couple of penis. Have you? Um, but I've never had um, a sphincter like an anal. But I, I find it really interesting with the hair because I love a hairy chest. I really, really like it. And so many of the because I, I quite <laughs> like a young man. Ah. Uh, so many of the, like the twenty nine year olds I've been with that they, they. They're very shaved. And I said, I don't want that. I don't want that. And and also there's this sort of misconception that it makes it look bigger. I'm like, I don't want to fuck a Brillo pad, thank you very much. It's all scratchy. You yeah, know, it, it it's hurt. awful. It is awful. And it and it's and it looks funny. I remember it was the first man I had sex with after I got divorced. And he was shaved from head to toe. And I thought, you look you look ridiculous. As my as my dear friend said, looks like a dolphin's nose. I mean, like <laughs> <laughs> But that's it. It's not attractive, is it's it? Not. It's not attractive. It's no, not. and the stubble, the stubble. Oh, the like, stubble's remember awful. Remember when you were younger and you used to snog someone with a beard and your friend would be like, did they have a beard? Because your whole mouth would be red. Now it's like, did you snog someone with a beard? No, he had stubbly pubes. <laughs> like, yes, my mouth's still exactly. all red. <laughs> oh, it's all, um, yeah, it's all very chafy. No, thank you. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I was going to say on that note, but not really. Um, New Year's resolutions, they, well, they might relate to dating. Do your New Year's resolutions change when you're single? Because I found that I haven't really made any since I've been single. I felt like in my marriage, I used to make loads of New Year's resolutions. And maybe that showed that I was, you know, wanting something more. Um, and since I've been single, I haven't made any because I sort of feel... Like obviously, I have shitty days, but I sort of feel happy with how things are going. What do you think, Kerry? Well, I think like divorce kind of k- kicks the naivety out of you. So the idea that like making these little wishes is going to change your life like that. It's just the slow game, isn't it? Just doing a little bit incremental changes every single day then that will change your mindset or whatever. But often it's very hard to change who you are. You are who you are. So I think really New Year's Eve is just like learning to have a reflection, look at yourself and go, you're fine. I like you. And that's okay. Because we're, we're constantly trying to sell this concept that you need to change. You have to be better. Then you're you're going to be miserable because you, you can't ever um, – stand up to that big expectation of yourself what you should be oh I'll be better if I've got five jobs instead of one job you know all these things like it's you're never fucking happy (laughs) Paul Uh, I think 
I think don't set yourself up for failure. And that's the problem with resolutions is by week two, you've failed most of them and you feel dreadful for the rest of the year. So I think that's for sure. I think care for what you wish for, because sometimes you do invariably get it as well. So there's a, a weird twist of fate there. But I, I, my, I think my resolution one way is actually to get divorced because I feel a bit of a fraud still. The last time I spoke to you, Sam, I wasn't divorced. And your your podcast has been so popular. Everybody wants to get divorced <laughs> so that they can be on your podcast. Yeah. And there's such a backlog. I got an email from the lawyer today saying, um, actually, there's such a backlog. The judge hasn't looked at it yet. So hopefully end of January. Um, I'd forgotten about it. I'd completely forgotten that I actually wasn't formally uh, divorced. But I would say... Um, look after yourself and maybe take cold showers. That's one thing we can all do. And then the rest of the day is 100% better after you come out of that freezing, bollock-shrinking shower. It's like... It's, I, do, I do the cold shower thing. It's fucking isn't it? brilliant. Isn't it? How, how long do you have oh to be under for, for, for newcomers? A Just a minute. And like full cold, like no hot Full cold. I do it. At, there's an outside shower where I go and swim and I stand outside like this, but I smile and people look at me like I'm a fucking idiot, but I'm smiling because it's fucking ridiculous having an outdoor shower in England. Yeah. And I just think you're a fucking idiot. But it makes me laugh. And then I get. I get in, I get changed, and my skin is like, you, you have that tingly you sensation of you're alive and yeah. alive. And it's just, it's. Honestly, I, I'm such a fan of cold showers. Like, bring it into your life. It will change your life. But there's a bar. There's a bar by me. And there's, like, people drinking their coffee, like, <laughs> looking at me. And I'm like, like look at that crazy divorce lady. <laughs> like fucking, yeah, totally. Yeah, she looks happy. She looks really Keep together. Yeah, I'm pleased for her. <laughs> Helen, what about your New Year's resolutions? Was getting divorced ever on your New Year's resolution? Because it sounds like it is on on Paul's for next year. Yes. Well, my yeah, mine just came through. My my decree absolute came through a couple of months ago, so that was good. And and I'm finally buying him out of the house. So that feels like all the admin has been done. And and I've had lots and lots and lots of sex and one night stands and and lots of like teeny relationships or like you know seeing someone five times and then kind of running away. And my resolution, and I hope this is not too sincere, but I want to know what it feels like to be someone's number one and have that reciprocal love. And and I have put up with sort of slightly bad behaviour because I've been fucking young men and it's lovely and they're pretty and I have and then they're really flaky and all that sort of stuff. So I, I don't I, I need to now be a little bit vulnerable and find someone that I can kind of fall for and 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 also be a little bit choosier because at the moment I just go oh he's pretty oh yes let's have sex and then it doesn't really matter and then I, I'm keeping half of myself back so I think that's my new re- resolution is to to find someone who who just thinks I'm fucking awesome because I know I am because I've got amazing friends and I've got a great career and I've you know done lots of lovely things but I I don't think I've ever experienced that in my life and I would really like to know what that feels like to be sort of held in that way um, but but I won't be disappointed if I don't find it because I'm fulfilled in so many other aspects of my life and I've created a life in which I feel great in all these other aspects. But I'm I'm really curious to what love feels like. But I don't know. I'll, I'll, it'll happen when it happens, and I can't force it. And I'm enjoying all the other sort of 
I'm enjoying discovering what I'm like around men because I think because, as my friend said, because you were in a shit relationship before, when someone offers you something that's okay, you kind of go, oh, my God, he likes me, um, you know, and, yeah. and, and you accept the breadcrumbs rather than the cake. I'm definitely feast or famine and I'm in famine mode because I feel famine mode is healthy for me right now. But if there's a great cock around me, I'm straight on to feast and I don't have that like interi- like that that nice, healthy yeah like space where it's like slowly dance to the cock um not you know you know chill out and I don't know what that is and I need to learn that um but at the moment I'm in famine and I'm fine with it (laughs) sure you are (laughs) it's so weird it's so brilliant what you're talking about is you're talking about being in love isn't it and I think what's so weird happened to me this year is is that I met somebody and it was good fun. And the second time, maybe even the first time we kissed, it felt very different. And I couldn't identify that it was love until I lost it. And it's like, it's it's such a cruel twist because I've gone, oh my God, I can feel love again after divorce. Actually, it's probably better, but I pushed it away and, I'm, and I can't get it back. Um, having said that, I'm shagging an amateur trapeze artist tomorrow between one and six. Uh, is our we'll is be our thinking of window. you. Thank you, and <laughs> yeah. life is a circus. So it's a <laughs> swing when you're winning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but uh, you know, it's, I just hope that when we all find it again, we know what it is when it happens to us. I think that's the trick I've learned, um, sadly, the hard way this year. But also, maybe that relationship, Paul, was a kind of eye opener as a more of a like lesson relationship so that you're ready for the next love which will hopefully be amazing um so we've heard helen you're taking over your house you want to find love um paul you want to officially get divorced next year um kerry any not we're not going to call them resolutions we're going to call them anything you might be looking forward to possibly happening next year uh, starring in Strictly and winning it. Yeah. We vote, that. We vote. <laughs> yes, good. About yeah. time. That's what yeah. I want. The whole of the divorce social team would be behind you. Fuck yes. Um, I just feel like the show will be better with me in it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Hundred. Um, I've got some really great projects and I've feel like next year is a relaunch of my whole career like I've I've been divorced and I've done four years of full-time mumming like I felt like I had to and now I'm I've come up to air and I'm I'm now I'm putting my career back in 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 place and I'm really excited about it amazing and I think I am looking forward to more the divorce social yay more podcasts yay Yay. Um, the best there will be another series it's official after this one there'll be another series will there be a film (laughs) and there will be a film starring me Um, and it will mainly just be shot in my spare room Thank you so much, all of you, for joining me for the New Year's special. Thank you, Paul Roseby and Kerry Howard and Helen Thorne. Have a wonderful New Year and we'll see you in 2022. Thanks, Sam. Happy New Year. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Happy Happy New Year. Year. Coming to all your weddings. (laughs) I'm buying a hat. 
thank you so much for joining us for the Christmas and New Year's specials. I hope you enjoyed them. I hope we were able to give you a bit of company at this weird time of year. Don't worry, there will be another series of The Divorce Social. It will be starting at the end of Jan. So give me a few weeks to have a little lie down and I'll be back with you. Thank you so much for your support and we'll see you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Oh, hi. Thank you for listening to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines. Please leave us a review. Please, please. Um, It would be super nice. They're lovely to read. They keep me cheery and happy and keep me going. Uh, But also it affects our listing in the podcast charts, uh, which are very important because that's how more people find the podcast. And I'd love to help more people get through those really tough heartbreak and divorce times. And they're more likely to find us if we're higher up on the charts. So if you'd like to leave a review, I'd love you forever. You can leave them on iTunes is the big one or most podcast platforms do them as well. I'll take all the reviews you've got to give. You can also uh, get in contact on Twitter and Instagram at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. We have a website, thedivorcesocial.com and we have a Patreon account, which means that you can support the podcast for as little as £2 a month and it helps me with all the admin costs. It also means you have access to our 90 style divorce and heartbreak chat room and there's lots of exclusives on there, little bits of audio that you don't get in the main podcast and some giveaways as well. So I'd love to see you over on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Samantha Baines and please leave a review. Did I say that already? Please leave a review. Love you forever.